to another edition of the Blue Gold Report. We'll call this one the viral edition. We will call this one the viral edition for obvious reasons. And I don't know, hopefully it does go viral online. I'm Todd Burlidge. I'll be your host today. I write for Blue and Gold Illustrated, Associated Press, UND.com, about, among some other things. I'll be joined by Mason Plummer, of course. He is down at Ball State, I'm presuming. He writes for SlapTheSign.com. You can find me at Todd Burlidge on Twitter. You can find him at Mason Plummer, P-L-U-M-M-E-R, numeral six. Mason, what's going on? You in self-quarantine, man? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, campus is dead. Everybody's supposed to stay in their house. Um, online classes entirely now, so it's kind of a weird situation. It's nothing I've ever become like accustomed to before, so trying to get used to it. Yeah, that was the case this week. I suppose we could do the show in about 30 seconds. Canceled, canceled, postponed, canceled, canceled, canceled. But I don't think our sponsor, Dio McComan Sons, would appreciate that. Fort Wayne, Indiana, Dio McComan Sons Funeral Home. They've been good to us for a long time, so... We'll go ahead and slap a show together. Before we get into all this corona talk, which is obviously the, the topic of the day, let's go ahead and run through some blue gold nuggets here. I have a three-pack for you. More on the corona topic. Early enrollee freshman defensive lineman Alexander Ehrensberger, he flew back to Dieseldorf, Germany for spring break. Looks like he's kind of stuck there, um, which isn't really a big deal because the Notre Dame football program suspended spring practice and canceled the blue gold game with all the students at Notre Dame are being told not to return to spring break. Uh, just stay where you are, do the online work there. Ehrensberger, again, he, he's going to be working online from Germany, and that online segment of classes goes between March 23rd and April 13th at Notre Dame. 247 Sports this week put out its top 10 list of best sports rivalries. Nothing too surprising here from 5-1, to one, uh, Kentucky-Louisville basketball, Army-Navy football. Michigan-Ohio State football, Alabama-Auburn football, and they had number one UNC, North Carolina-Duke in basketball. So those would be the sort of the go-to ones everybody would always pull up. Notre Dame made, made the list number nine uh, out of the ten, Notre Dame versus USC in football. I'm not sure I put that there at this point, but uh, anyhow, a little bit slow on the nugget front this week, so we pulled that one out. Notre Dame recruit, 2021 quarterback, Good quarterback, really good quarterback, Tyler Buckner. First of all, he's going to be transferring high schools. Um, he was going to La Jolla High School out in California. He's from San Diego area. He's going to be transferring to La Mesa Helix Charter School, which is a little bit more of a football factory for his senior year. As a junior last year at La Jolla, he threw uh, 402 passes, completed 267 of them for 4,474 yards. 53 touchdowns against only six picks. Really good numbers there, taking his talents elsewhere. This past weekend, he was competing in the Elite 11 competition, and that was in L.A. It was a regional, and he did so well at that. He's been invited to do the big-time Elite 11 finals, and that will be at the opening this summer in Oregon, that big recruiting event up there, assuming they have it, which is not necessarily a safe assumption at this point. And those are your blue gold nuggets. Yesterday, Thursday, we taped this on Friday. It runs in Fort Wayne on uh, the radio channels on Saturday. Man, tough day. I had to drive to Fort Wayne and come back. And in that time frame, and just the time it took me to drive to Fort Wayne and back, every conference basketball tournament was canceled. The MLB ditched its spring training and pushed opening day back at least two weeks. I think it'll be more than that. Eventually, the NCAA canceled its men's and women's basketball tournaments, the national, the, the March Madness. 
And then shortly after that, the NCAA wiped out all of its winter and spring championship events. And shortly thereafter that, got an email that my daughter's school, my 7th grade daughter's school corp, Penn Harris Madison, was closed up indefinitely. 15 schools and 9,300 students are kept home until further notice. So that was sort of my day in a car, Mason. Were you kind of tracking all that as the dominoes fell? I was tracking it, and actually it was just, let's say, two days ago that we got an email later on. It was probably 8 o'clock, 8.30, that Ball State was going to shut down. It was one of the last in the Indiana schools. I think the, only, the last one was Butler. But uh, a couple of days prior to that, IU and Purdue announced that they were going to shut down as well as Notre Dame. So I, I figured it was inevitable Ball State was shutting down. But, yeah, like I said in the beginning, still kind of getting used to everything. It's trying to track everything as well. There's a lot of news happening all at once. Kind of surreal. Yeah, it really is surreal. You're exactly right. And it is so fluid. I mean, you can see one thing in an hour, and then an hour later something either changes or it's added to, obviously, the uh, NBA and the NHL seasons are shut down. I think the PGA originally said they weren't gonna; they were just not going to allow spectators. But I believe they shut down now as well because I had a text message from earlier that the Masters is postponed. Now that just may be because they want to play that with fans. I'm not sure. NASCAR at this point, they said they're going to race, but they're going to race without fans. So really nothing changes for that sport. I think that won't hold up. I believe even by race day here, race weekend here, uh, they'll pull the plug on that idea. Still a lot of crew members and a lot of people floating around there. So I just I think we're going to have a sportsless weekend. I really do. And that is really tough for me to take, Mason, especially this time of year. March Madness, man. I look forward to this so much. The conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament. And then yesterday, even as I was driving, I, I had my satellite radio on. I was looking forward to listening to some games. And next thing you know, John Swoford from the ACC comes out there. And, well, here's his delivery when he pulled the plug on the rest of the ACC tournament. After a recent discussion of about 15 minutes ago with our presidents and athletics directors again, the league has made a decision to end this year's Atlantic Coast Conference men's basketball tournament as of today. And that really impacted Notre Dame to me. You know, they had advanced to that uh, round of eight against Virginia. I know Virginia's always been a tough out for the Irish, but they were playing well. You know, they'd won nine of 13 games. If they shoot the ball, they can certainly beat Virginia. They had a pretty good performance against Boston College in the first round, but now everything that season, the plug's been pulled on it. Mason, I guess, let me ask you this. I suppose they were kind of left with no choice once all the other conferences were were pulling the plug on their tournaments. I suppose the ACC had to do the same, but do you you support this? Do you think these are the right moves? I think it is the right moves. I think it's a little bit of hysteria, but... I'm in the camp of, you know, rather be safe than sorry, right. rather than getting a bunch more people infected. And, you know, a lot from what, everything we know, you don't even see the signs until you completely have it, right? So right. you could have it for weeks at a time and, you know, be talking and shaking hands with plenty of people as athletes would do. So it, it, it's a weird kind of situation for you and I. You know, we tend to live off of sports, but uh, figuratively and literally. But, um, yeah, so I think it's, it's probably for the best, but definitely going to miss out on March Madness, the Masters. This is one of my favorite times of the year, baseball starting up. Um, so it's weird, 
it's uh, something we'll remember for years to come, for sure. Yeah, you know, and it's funny you said that because you kind of led me in a little bit, Mason. I was trying, I did a story for blueandgold.com, and I was sort of trying to figure out what I might be able to compare this to, and really there's nothing out there. I'm 52 years old, so the one thing that I did come up with was September 11th, back in 2001, what happened there is flights were grounded for, I believe it was five or six days. So sports were shut down for a weekend. Let's see here. I made a list here. Major League Baseball play was suspended for five days. The NFL took a week off but rescheduled all those games that were missed. NCAA basketball took a weekend off. One NASCAR race was postponed, but again, rescheduled up the line, and one PGA event was canceled. Man, those days without sports, it seemed eternal <laughs> and almost intolerable. I remember this. And now we're just, I think the, the thing that's getting me the most is we're, it's everything's so indefinite. We don't know. Mason, I wouldn't even rule out completely that this 2020 football season gets canceled. We just don't know. I think the next three weeks will tell us a lot just in terms of how bad this is and how bad it can get. I tend to think that way, too. And it's just a, it's a weird situation. Like you said, it's a lot of unknown, which tends to make people really nervous, myself included. Um, everybody's scared of the unknown. And no, like I said, nobody really knows what's going to happen. So it is weird to think that there'd be no Notre Dame football in the fall. It's something you and I, and as well as a lot of other people, listen to the show, look forward to. But if that's what happens, that's what happens, I guess. So um, we'll continue writing. Yeah, <laughs> about what? I don't know, <laughs> but we will, sure we will continue writing. I can't help but look around the landscape of the country, especially the NCAA tournament. It starts right there for me. You know, the first-round sites, you have eight of them around the country. And to be honest with you, about a week ago, I put it out on my message board on blueandgold.com that I started looking at the sites. It was Spokane, Washington. There were a couple near L.A., and then a couple in New York. And at the time, those were the three major hotspots for this coronavirus. And I put it out there on the board. I said, folks, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but there will be no NCAA tournament this year. And, boy, I took a lot of bullets for that. And I'm not here to be proud of myself or say I told you so because certainly I wanted to be wrong in that situation. I love my March Madness. But, indeed, it kind of played out about how I thought it would and we again, we just don't know what's going on. I think my heart is broken the most, although you'd hate to just think of like a John Mooney. Now all of a sudden you're playing well. You have a chance to beat Virginia to get to the semis of the ACC. You said you're on a mission. And now all of a sudden your career is just over, just like that. You're expecting to play Virginia at 7 o'clock that night, and all of a sudden, and that, 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 that's true for thousands of athletes around the country. One minute they're ready to play, the next their careers are over. Mason, there's kind of a, I don't want to call it a proposal because that's not fair. There's a buzz out there anyways that perhaps, at least for these spring sports participants especially, that maybe these senior, these graduating seniors or folks that their careers are done out of eligibility, perhaps they should be granted another year uh, just kind of as an exemption. Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I, I almost think it's kind of fair to give these kids, if they want to come back for another year, that option? I think it's fair, depending on what sport you're talking about. I don't necessarily agree about basketball. I consider that a winter sport. The season's almost over, right. and as heartbreaking as it is that the season's going to end that way, there's not a lot you can do about that. At the maximum, you're talking about for guys that, are gonna, that would eventually make the, the NCAA tournament championship, That we're talking like another two or three weeks of playing, and you can't 
disregard an entire season's worth of play. You know, they still did play this season. And it's really a tough break for those guys, and but there's not really a lot you can do about that. But when it comes to spring sports, you know, that just started like lacrosse or track and field, something like that. Um, I, I think that, or even baseball, really, I think that does make sense. But I think the, the NCAA is kind of scrambling at this point, and I guess we'll see what happens. But I would really be surprised either way, whether they grant it or not. Yeah, I agree with you. The basketball season is essentially over, and it would be probably an unfair advantage for a lot of teams. See, I personally think John Mooney would come back if he had the option. And boy, that would that would certainly change the outlook of Notre Dame's team. Yeah, you've kind of run the course. You've run the gamut of this season. I remember because I covered uh, Notre Dame's senior day, the win over Virginia Tech last weekend. And my assumption or presumption the entire time I was there was that, okay, while we're going to celebrate senior day and talk about this as probably potentially the last home game for these three seniors, Rex Fluger, TJ Gibbs, and John Mooney, it's probably not because they're going to be NIT bound. They'll probably host an NIT game. Was it turned out it was a true senior day because that was the last game for these guys' career. We talked about the spring sports. And again, this is kind of the group I feel most sorry for because their seasons are just getting started or starting to get to the point where they really are heating up into big stuff. For instance, the Notre Dame women's lacrosse team, off to its best start in program history. It's 7-0. and It beat Northwestern. Northwestern was number three at the time. Northwestern is women's lacrosse royalty. It's like UConn uh, in women's basketball. The Irish are up to number two in the country, again, undefeated. And now it appears as if, they, now they're calling it a postponement for spring sports, but I think we all know that that's done. Okay, so we move on to baseball. Baseball, they were lousy last year, Irish baseball was. They were 24-30 and 30 as, a, as a program, which was one of the worst records here in, in a decade, maybe even 15 years. Brought in a new coach, first-year head coach Link Jarrett has done a great job. They're on a seven-game winning streak. They're 11-2 overall, and they're actually ranked. They're number 24 in the country. They just swept North Carolina in their first ACC at North Carolina in their first ACC matchup. Off to a great start. Guess what? You're done. Uh, your season's over. And finally, here, here's one that gets me also. The fencing team. They had their Midwest Regionals last weekend, and they qualified everybody. They moved everybody through, which puts them in great shape to win a third national title in the last four years. Again, that would open the NCAA championships would open next weekend, but wiped out again. Those are the kids I think that, and I thought your point was well made, those are the kids I think that you really should look at and consider giving an extra year of eligibility to because they still have so much season left. Yeah, I agree for sure. Like I said, I think the NCAA is scrambling. Right. I think everybody's scrambling right now. It's just such a weird situation. It's kind of hard to deal with. Yeah, you're exactly right. I heard a lot of criticism about how the NCAA and even the conference commissioners handled all these cancellations and suspensions, but how do you blame them? What, you, you don't really know. The news changes hour to hour, certainly day to day. Everybody's been dealt a tough hand here because we don't really know what to expect, and that falls down to you and I. Again, now my, my seventh grade uh, my seventh grade daughter's going to be home here for at least two weeks. I personally think she might be home for the rest of the semester. You're dealing with your stuff at Ball State, you're kind of been, you know, sent into quarantine, for lack of a better word. Is it dead down there as far as people milling around? The weather's breaking a little bit. And I know in college campuses, when the weather starts breaking a little bit, a lot of people are out and about. Have you noticed a difference in that front? The, the gym has been empty, which isn't a problem for me personally. I, I like that. But um, classes today, we're still going on. They're officially switching to online classes on Monday. 
So we'll see what happens with that. There hasn't been necessarily like a quarantine, but I will be. It will be curious to see. I'm a, I'm friends with a good amount of freshmen that go here. They're considering kicking them out of the dorms and sending them home. So if that happens, that's going to unleash a whole new can of worms. So I'm exci- I'm not necessarily excited, but curious to see what's going to happen. I just think everybody, like it or not, is going to err on the side of caution. And you kind of mentioned it at the top of the show where you fall. There's sort of three groups you can fall on this thing. The one group is total overreaction. This is ridiculous. I'm with you in sort of that middle group. Probably better safe than regretful. And then the third group is far too little being done, far too late. So I'm kind of in that middle of the road, too. I guess on top of everything, the on-field cancellations and suspensions, it's certainly worth mentioning next weekend was going to be one of the biggest recruiting weekends Brian Kelly has ever hosted here. He was bringing in all his top commits, a whole bunch of prospects for this massive March uh, recruiting extravaganza. Mason, that's been scrapped now. I guess let me start. Just kind of give me a breakdown. Let people know just sort of what was in store, who was all coming, and what that was going to look like. It would have been the biggest recruiting weekend in Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame. And you're talking about guys that Notre Dame possibly had a chance with beforehand that possibly could have committed. And it's just... When you get all the guys on campus at once, there seems to be a brotherhood, a camaraderie. We're like, hey, this is the place I want to be. And it's different from an individual visit where you're just hanging out with the coaches. You're with the players that you're potentially playing with, and you can really see yourself there. It's a big thing. I had a couple people coming after me on Twitter saying, oh, they're still going to get these guys on campus, but it's not the same thing. If you have all the players there together, that's what you really want. Like, as I said, you know, you want them all together really feeling like, hey, I could, I could go to Notre Dame and just feeling out the situation, not sure. necessarily by themselves, but making friends in the process. So some guys that were really key players, you know, I talk about the offensive line guys all the time, but having them all together, they talk about like the trio of Nolan Rucci, Landon Tangwall, uh, Blake Fisher, and then there's more. There's Garrett Dellinger, there's Rocco Spindler, all these guys that are potential commits that that's kind of been thrown off the table now. And it's not a direct shot. At Notre Dame, it doesn't only hurt Notre Dame. A lot of other schools' recruiting efforts are being shut down, but it also really hurts when you're talking about a, the best running back in the country in Will Shipley that I think he may have committed next weekend, which would have been a huge boost in the 21, 2021 class. He's not coming now. He's been in talks with Clemson all over the place. That's what you're seeing. He's trending towards Clemson. So that's going to hurt if Clemson lands him, and then he comes and plays Notre Dame in just a few years. So it's unfortunate, but... It, it is good that it's not only in this area where Notre Dame is not the only team affected. But I think it hits Notre Dame harder than if you're talking about a Southern school. This is the time of year to get kids here. You know, when you're talking about a Shipley hanging out with all these potential linemen that could be blocking for him. And Notre Dame kids are a little bit different than a lot of other schools. It was going to be a special week, and I think it was going to pay big dividends for Notre Dame. The campus kind of sells itself more so than I think some other schools. The beauty of it, sort of the mystique of it. So to get everybody under one recruiting umbrella. Mason, I mean, obviously I'm asking you to whip out your crystal ball here, but do you any thoughts on just how damaging this could be to Notre Dame's recruiting efforts for this group? Well, we're seeing it already. One of my favorite recruits in the 2021 class is Troy Stilato. He was set to take a visit on that March 20th through the 22nd, and he just posted yesterday that his uh, 
his top two are Clemson and Ohio State. Oh, wow. And whether he was feeling that either way, um, whether he was seriously considering Notre Dame or not, well, we'll never know. But if he doesn't get on campus, he ne- you never get, have a shot. So a lot of times a guy isn't even really considering a school visits, and he's like, wow, I actually really like that place. So I'm not even going to give Notre Dame a shot at this point. Whether he was seriously considering him or not, that's still a huge loss. Uh, he skyrocketed up the 24-7 sports uh, rankings. A guy I really like a lot. Someone I'll still follow just because I like him as a recruit, but that hurts. So you're already seeing the the after effects of the COVID-19. Um, but, yeah, I really think there's a good chance that David Abiara, the defensive end, that was looking like initially he was going to go to Oklahoma. I think there's a good shot that he would have committed. Jason Anye, another, another defensive end that's been heavily linked to Notre Dame. I think he could have committed as well. God, I'm seriously thinking that we, if that happens, if the coronavirus doesn't exist, Notre Dame lands three and four more commits in a 2021 or even 2022 classes, and now we're not seeing any. Wow, that's that's remarkable, Mason, and a great breakdown. And you know, and from there, then the momentum even continues on. So, how does Notre Dame react to this? What do they do? I mean, is it just more phone calls and text? I mean, what other options do they really have? You you got to have the phone calls and text, but. You also, it has to be number one priority, top of your list, to get these guys on campus. I can't stress enough how important that is. And it, it's difficult. You're working with, with families that are busy with their other kids, with school, with their own jobs, and you're at, they already plan on this weekend. And if the US, U.S. goes into quarantine or something and you can't get these guys on campus like you initially planned to, you know, traveling from North Carolina like Shipley is, it's not cheap. It's not for free. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, um, you know, you only have a limited amount of visits. You got to make the most out of them, and getting guys on campus is difficult. So it, it's just a, it's an odd situation. It's nothing like Brian Kelly and his staff have ever dealt with before. It's nothing like anybody's dealt with before, though. So I think everybody's kind of playing from square one at this point. It should be interesting. It, it could be an advantage, I guess, in in that guys aren't visiting other schools either. So you're not getting rid of some players. But like I said, on the other hand. With Detroit Stilato, he narrows his two down before he even gets a chance to come to Notre Dame and, and see the campus and the other guys. So it's it's an odd situation, Todd. Uh, it's weird from a recruiting standpoint for sure, but I, I guess we'll just have to keep following and, and I'll keep everybody updated on the show. Mason, let's wrap up this hoops and hockey stuff here since it's all over. Uh, the men, they finished 20-12 and 12 overall, 10-10 and 10 in conference not too horrible after they started four and six. I'm sorry, two and six in conference. Uh, they won their last game. They will end this season with a win. It's only the third time in 40 years, Mason, that they've ended their season with a win. <laughs> so they got that gone for them. They finished nine and four. So nine wins in their last 13 games. That was a good way to go out. John Mooney was named a first team all ACC selection, finished third in the conference in player of the year voting. Dane Goodwin. Finished third in the sixth man of the year voting there in conference play. And Prentice Hub, he was named one of nine most improved players. Uh, so that kind of puts a bow on the men's hoops. At some point up the line, we'll look at what they have coming back and what they're up against heading into next season. But obviously that's another topic for another day. The women, they fizzled out here. Finished 13-18, and 8-10 and 10 in ACC play. They'd won three straight heading into the ACC tournament, but lost to the number 15-seeded Pitt. Notre Dame was a 10-seed, 67-65, another heartbreaker there. Pitt was last place in the ACC, so that season kind of mercifully ends. But they played better down the stretch, so I think there's a lot to build on for them 
Uh, a couple of their high school players, too, were named to the McDonald's All-American team. So plenty of reinforcements coming in. Hockey, a colossal disappointment, I thought, this year, especially after a hot start. And last weekend, for that matter, uh, they finished their season 15 wins, 15 losses, 7 ties. In conference, in Big Ten Conference, play 9 wins, 9 losses, 6 ties. They went to Minnesota in the quarterfinal round of the Big Ten Tournament. The Irish had to win the Big Ten Tournament to get to the NCAAs. They won the first game up there, um, but then they lost the next two. It's the best two out of three, so... Their season is done as well, and this show appears to be done as well, too. We still managed to make it fly by, Mason. What you got cooking this weekend, boss? Uh, not a lot. Just really trying to figure out everything that's going on here. <laughs> um, considering potentially packing it up and going home if things turn to worse. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you break your routine for sure. Folks, that's a wrap for us. Um, I'm going to go ahead because I'm going to have to throw it to my powers that be I know Mason and I are going to want to be here next week, and I think we can probably fill a half hour for you. I thank again Dio McComb and Sons Funeral Homes for their support and their sponsorship. Mason Plumber 6, you can find him on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, at Todd Burledge. Thanks for listening, folks. Hopefully we'll be chatting again next week about some happier topics. This has been a presentation of Optin Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.